Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. It's a new season. Summer's on its way. I already counted as summer's here. I only know two seasons, winter and summer. So for me, it's summer's here, and 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 I just really feel like it's a, it's a new season in the life of Encounter Church. And, you know, we've got daylight saving, and I'm, I've got mixed feelings. It's only been a week, but I'm leaning towards it's good. But I've got mixed feelings. I just find like staying up really late. Is that what happens with daylight saving? Because it's, you're like, it's 8 o'clock, 7.30, and it's still light. To me, it's a foreign, and I'm just finding I'm staying up late, but I think it's going to be good, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm erring on the good side. But I just want to say, you know, I really sense that there is a, a real excitement and expectation in this church. There is a seasonal change happening. There's, there's, I, 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 I sense that there's a wind of God's Spirit doing a new thing. I really sense, and I, I spoke about a few weeks ago, I saw like this rushing, surging water. And I really feel like in, on a spiritual level that there's a, there's a flowing of God's water, something from heaven coming to touch people's lives. And and in worship, I, I just got this impression there's somebody here who's brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted. And you might be thinking, yeah, that's me. Well, yes, it is you. I felt the Holy Spirit say that he's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's here to heal the brokenhearted. I can't heal my broken heart, but he can heal my broken heart. He's the healer. If we draw into him, he can heal the brokenhearted. And God is doing a new thing. And I even think it's not just in your life and in encounter. I think God's doing something in Shepparton. Like, I think there's happening, something happening in Shepparton, that, that the hand of God is going to do something in this city, that it's more than just his church, but it's a city-wide identity change. I, I just, I, I've got this impression that the, the way we've thought about where we live and this region is going to change over the, maybe the next decade. There, there, is, there is something happening, and it's the hand of God doing something in Shepparton. And I want to encourage you to be a part of it. I want to encourage you to be a part of a new season. You know, you can be in a new season and not be in a new season in your heart. Like you can be walking in summer, but be winter in the inside. You can be in this church and we could be having an exciting season of amazing thing that God's doing. And you could be in it on the outside, but on the inside, you're not in it. And I want to encourage you to be in it. I want to encourage you to harness and, and absorb and, and, and throw yourself into when God is moving and what he's doing. I've seen this before. When, when the hand of God is on a church, it blesses everybody who's a member of that church. If you attach yourself to where God is moving, you, you, you partake, you share, you, by default, you're underneath that water, that wind. You enjoy the wind of that thing, even just being in the place. You receive the blessings. When God blessed Jerusalem under Solomon's rule, and when they blessed and they prospered, every citizen prospered that was in it. So I encourage you to don't let it pass. You know, sometimes we have to let go of the old, like I said last week, to embrace the new. You know, and I know there's people, you've been through stuff. You know, you've been through seasons of hurt, seasons of disappointment. Maybe, you know, loved ones have, have betrayed you or pastors have said this to you. You've been hurt by a church. And you can live in that moment forever. You can be attending a church and be in that state where you're stuck in that moment of where you got hurt and you got disappointed and disillusioned. But God is saying to open up and it's a new season to, to let go of that past, 
so that you can actually fully embrace this new. Thank you. And I want to encourage you to drink of these waters. This will all make a bit more sense as we go. If you've never been to church before, it's kind of different language. But, but, but drink of the water. Drink of this season of the wind blowing on this place. And I see this picture of windmills. Do you know, all of us are windmills. Like, and this church is a wind farm made up of lots of different windmills. And see, it's the wind that propels the windmill. It's the wind that does the work, but the windmill has to be open. If, if you're propellers, yeah, it's close enough, are seized, no matter how much wind blows across, it's not going to spin. No matter how much God's wind or favor or blessing blows across your life, if your propellers are seized, your wind will not, not function. So I encourage you to forgive. I encourage you to be open in your soul that when God's wind blows, your propellers will spin and it will produce the power. And us together corporately become a wind farm. And when we're open and we allow his spirit and his wind to blow across our life, together as one, we generate a power, electricity out of our life that can transform other people, that can change other people. His wind is the initial. But as it goes through your life, the power comes out of your life into those that are around you, into your family. See, you are a life-giving agent. I've said this before, you are ambassadors of You are a God's redemptive plan on earth. Jesus is the redemptor, but you are the one that brings the message. You are the change agent. You're the one that causes the community to change. God's message, his power, his plan has been through you as his mouthpiece to speak as ambassadors. Jesus is the son who died for our sins. But we are the change instruments to spread that word into our communities. People need to hear the good news, and you're the carrier of the good news. See, you are a water carrier. You are the water boy. Seen that, the water boy? Anyway, you are a water carrier. When we drink of the waters of heaven, you carry that water wherever you go. You are the one that can bring refreshment. He can use, use you and go through. So I want to say it's a new day. It's a new season. And believe that and have faith in that and step into it. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm not in that place. What if there's a stream and you just stuck your fingers just in the edge of the stream as it's flowing? You just felt that coolness of that water. Even if you just put your hand out, that's a step, isn't it? That's a step. If, 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 if stuff's down on you and stuff's happened in life and, and you, I can't step into the water, Pastor Rob, well, just stick your finger out and let the coolness of the water wash over your hands. What's the origin, my first point, of this fresh wind and water that I'm talking about? Where does it come from? Well, Jesus is the source of wind and, and water of our soul. I'm talking about our souls being satisfied. I'm talking about our souls being healed. I'm, I'm talking about a water that soothes our inner being, the, uh, the wind of God that can bring a, a fresh change with, within whatever we're doing, whether you know, you're going at work and you're having tough times and you know, a new season can come, a new fresh breath, a breath can blow across our life and we start to see things differently. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus is the source and... There's a story in the Bible, it's called the woman at the well. And Jesus and his disciples um, go to a place called Samaria and the Samaritans. And basically they're not Jews and they're counted as unclean. It, it wasn't proper for Jews to actually be around them and hang around them. And here's Jesus, he's the guy that, like, it, Jesus goes to the places where we as Christians don't want to go. You know what I mean? He, he's happy to go to the place where those people that we won't, don't want to hang out with are. He, he cares about everybody. And so he's in Samaria, Samaria. 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 
There's some area over there. He's, he's over there. He's there at the well. And see, the well was a place where people went. See, in the morning, they would go out of town to the well and get their water. They'd have the water for the day because they don't have taps. They don't have running water like us. And then at night, in the cool of the evening when the sun's going down, they'd go out to the well and they'd get more fresh water to get them through to the, mo the next morning. So Jesus went to the place where there was community, where people were going out. He, he's, people are his purpose. He's at the well so he can talk to people, that he could spread the good news. He wasn't holding it to himself. So he sends the disciples into town to get food. And he hangs out at the well on his own. And a woman came out to get water at the well. And he said to her, you know, the water you're drawing from, it's good. It's going to refresh you. But you know, in a few hours, you're going to need some more water. And then he says this to her in John, which is one of the Gospels in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to. Picture this. This woman doesn't know who this person is at the well. This is Jesus Christ. He's transformed the whole earth. Like 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. He is God in the flesh. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Redeemer of the earth. Here she is at the well. She didn't know who she was even talking to. You would ask me and I would give you living waters. He says, if you would ask me, I will give you living waters. He's saying, I will give you something in your soul. I will give you a water in your spirit that is alive. I will give you a spiritual water. I will give you something that will satisfy the core of who you are deep on the inside, that yearning that you have for more, that, that dryness that's in your life. And he says, I will give you a water that will transform you. And it was, it was a living water. He's talking about a divine water. He's talking about a water that has incredible heavenly qualities, a water that brings healing, a water that brings life, a water that, that satisfies the soul of the flesh. You know, we can do drugs. We can do this. We can do all these things to try to satisfy our soul. But this, little, this living water is the thing that trumps them all. It's the thing that satisfies the soul. It's water that can empower. It's water that gives you hope. It's a water that helps you change in your, your conception of yourself. It, it, it's a water that can bring healing. A water that can refresh you if you're tired in your, in your spirit. The living water comes from him. Now, how do you get these waters? How do you get these living waters? Well, it starts with a desire. It starts with a desire. You know, on a hot day, you've been working outside or picking fruit or harvesting canola or farming sheep. I was going to say killing, but it doesn't sound good, does it? You know, you're doing, you're, you're farmers here or, or you're working wherever, doing whatever you're doing, gardening, it's getting hot and you, you, you get thirsty. But in winter, we don't get as thirsty. I don't. I don't kind of think about drinking water because I don't feel this desire. But in summer, when you're parched and you're hot, you it's a natural desire within you. I need water. You want water. And, and that sense of drinking, it is so refreshing to us. It's, that's the kind of image we get here. And it says in a book in the Bible, Psalms. And Psalms is basically a book of songs and poems um, in the Old Testament. And the psalmist in Psalm 42, 1-2 says this. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God the living God. When can I go and stand before him? So it starts with desire. There's a, another scripture says, as I pant for the water brooks. It's, it's like a deer that's been running around on the hills, maybe running from a hunter, 
and is parched and thirsty and, and the deer kind of hears the running water and the deer goes to the water and drinks it. The, the, the psalmist is saying that to, to, to get a desire in our heart for God, a desire to know him, a, a desire to, to inquire who is he or, or, or what is he about. And I would say if you're in this room today that you have that desire, even though you may not realize it, you may not have been able to identify it, but there's a desire within you brewing or bubbling up. The Bible says to desire. It also says into um, Psalm, into James verse chapter 4, verse 8. It says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's the same image. If we draw into God, if we desire, he will step towards us. And, you know, we sometimes look at that and go, well, why should I do make the first step? You know, draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. But that's the second step. He's already drawn near to you. You see, heaven's way out here and earth is here. And while we were yet sinners, the Bible said, God sent his son Jesus, God in the flesh, to die for you. You see, God made the first step. He sent his son to redeem, and that's a very Christianized word, but he sent his son to pay a price for our sin, pay a price, took our place upon the cross. So God sent the invitation out already. He sent his son. Jesus is an invitation. It's heaven's invitation to the earth to come draw near to him. The invitation of Jesus' life being crucified upon a cross and that whoever believes in him will have forgiveness and will have eternal life. That, that God drew near to us in that step. And now he says the next step is you have to accept that invitation. You have to draw near to me. I, I can't make you. You've got to accept my love offering to you. And when we accept that, then God says, hey, I'll take the next step. The desire, drawing near to God. After the desire... We basically need to open our mouth and ask. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? You need to ask. You need to desire and ask. He, he doesn't force himself on somebody. So she's at the well. And he says, okay, I can fill you with living waters, but you need to ask. We need to use our mouth and ask. And again, the psalmist said in 42.7, further on in that psalm, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. If we can, we've gone high-tech today. I've gone high-tech. Can we put the next slide up? It's next-level stuff. Waterfall. Next-level stuff, isn't it? I know. This is 21st-century technology. It's a beautiful waterfall. Thank you. What is this imagery of? This imagery is of a waterfall. The, the, the psalmist is saying that the water above, as it comes down a waterfall, crashes into the, the water below, into the pond. And it says, as deep calls to deep at the sounds of the roaring. So there's this picture of, of heaven pouring out water and us beneath, below, like the pond. And that we need to call out to God. See, as we desire, we need to ask for his living waters. The sound of the water coming from above, down below, and the crashing is a sound of, 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 of a, a heart's desire for God and a heart that's calling out to him, asking him, fill me. I need fresh water in my life. I need a fresh breath, breath across my life. I need the wind of heaven upon my life. I need more than what I've got right now. I need more in my soul. I want my life to make a difference. That inward yearning of every spirit. That's what this is talking about. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an imagery of a human being calling out to the waters above. Roar over me, O oh God. See, with the, the same mouth that we ask for water is the same place the water comes into us. We ask for water, we drink it in our mouth. See, God wants us to ask him. So the Bible says, if you confess me as Lord, I'll give you eternal life. With the heart we believe, with the mouth we confess. We have to put 
what was inside to action and say to him, I want more. I want your water in my life. Here, there's another image here of this pool. You know, if a pool or a pond, it's, it's, it's like a picture of you and I. If we don't have a waterfall crashing in, if we don't have fresh water, ponds without water go stagnant. Ponds without water become kind of bitter and putrid. No matter what happens in our life, we, we, we can get hurt, we can get disappointed, we can get bitter. Maybe we can get lifeless in, in our drudgery of life at times. But we need the water from heaven. We need the waterfall to keep filling us with fresh water. If you haven't constantly got fresh water coming in, over time your fresh water becomes stagnant. Your fresh water becomes stagnant. My next point is waterfalls. I, I used to be a geography, business teacher and I taught some geography. So we're going all out here with my geography here. Now, waterfalls are found in rainforests. There's a bit of a geography tip. You can get them outside, but we're talking about rainforests too today. So waterfalls are found in rainforests. You're thinking, I don't, this is just waterfalls, rainforests, is this church, what's this about? Well, we're looking at some great analogies here to know some deep spiritual truths. Do you know this about rainforests? <clears throat> rainforests draw water. We often think that rainforests exist because they're in a, an area where there's a lot of rain. But it's, it's a bit of that, but it's also rainforests actually create clouds to come over them. Rainforests exist because of their sheer mass and size. They actually call the clouds to gather over them to give them water. So one, they grow because water is, is, rains a lot in that area, but two, they draw the rain to themselves. So it's twofold. I think that's amazing. Another thing is rain doesn't just fall. Rain is pulled by gravity. If we had no gravity, rain doesn't have in its own mind, we go down, rain would go up. Rain is, has no directional. It's gravity that pulls the rain down on a rainforest. It, it, it's gravity, sorry, that pulls the rain down on the rainforest. Gravity. So it's like when we're calling out to God, when we're praying, when we're seeking like we prayed in, in before, we're, we're calling out to the water above to come down. We're calling it out and drawing God's water on ourselves. So that's what I'm saying. There can be a move of God. There can be the wind of God. There could be the, a, a river of God in a, in a spiritual sense flowing past us. But we, to, to participate in it, for us to receive it and live in it and bathe in it and drink of it and enjoy it, we've got to be calling out to the water. We've got to be asking for the living waters. Because as we call out to God with our soul, we're drawing that water of heaven over our individual lives. <laughs> Things may not be going how you want, but you've got to get under that. And you've got to just say, oh, God, let just wait for it. No, don't just wait for it. Call, pray, seek him, drawing the favor of God upon you. African rainforests. Do you know African rainforests, a lot of them, is we think that their root systems go deep into the ground, but they actually go across the ground, a lot of them. Their root systems all connect like a Hessian mat. They're quite thin, the, the foundation. And and the, the, the water, when it rains, washes down and fills this Hessian kind of mat and it soaks it up like a sponge. It's like, I remember years ago, Kmart used to have these mats you could buy, like Hessian-y looking, and you put them in a pot and you water them. They got seeds embedded in them and they would grow. See, just imagine that the, the floor of the rainforest is, is, is this kind of sponge surface 
that holds the water. And each tree is standing because it's connected and intertwined with its root system with another tree. It's not because it's gone deep into the ground, but because its root system is dependent on another tree and another plant. And underneath every rainforest, there is a desert waiting for its opportunity. And there's many places in the world where there's deserts, and they now know they used to be rainforests and forests. There's always a desert wanting its opportunity in our life. But you know what? As as trees in a rainforest, we we need to call down the water. We need water in our life and nutrients. We, We need that so the desert doesn't take over in our world. You know, when a... A desert is lifeless, it's barren. There's no shelter. I don't want to live in a desert. But a rainforest, it has healing medicines, it has berries and, and, and fruits, it produces. It's, you know the temperature in a rainforest you know, drops like 10 degrees from outside the rainforest. Rainforest is a place of healing, a, a place where you can actually live and enjoy. It, it's, it's a place where there's water that we can bathe and drink and be refreshed. It has so many great qualities. You know, when a tree in a rainforest goes down, a big tree, it creates a hole in the canopy. You know, rainforests are fairly kind of dark, aren't they? And, and when the tree goes down, it allows sunlight to shine in. This is how it rejuvenates. And that tree over its lifetime drops seeds, seeds into the ground. But you know, those seeds are dormant. They're not active. They're just there waiting for the right season. And when that tree goes down and the light shines down on those seeds that the trees produce... There's new life, there's new growth, there's new fruit. And sometimes we look at things that happen in our life and we go, that's negative, that's bad, and why did God let it happen? But maybe sometimes things in our heart have to die. That the seeds that you've planted over a lifetime can come back to life. And you can allow the sun of heaven to shine down on that seed. The seed that you thought wasn't there. The seeds you've planted that you don't even know you planted. There's seeds from words that you've said here and there and things you've done. And sometimes we have to lay our life down for those seeds to come to life. Sometimes we have to walk away from a job. Sometimes we have to walk away from from relationships. And I'm not talking about marriage here. I'm just talking about people that are not a good influence. Sometimes we have to just allow something to die that's painful and hard for the new, for the new life to come, to rejuvenate that forest. The church is a rainforest. The church is a rainforest. Just think about that. And you are the trees. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us different types. There's there's ferns. There's big trees. There's all kinds of trees in the forest, the rainforest. But you know, each of us have our root system. They need to be intertwined with other trees. We need to be in unity for the forest to exist. And for your, life, for your life to stand, it needs to be intertwined with other trees or else your tree of your life will fall over. Yeah. You were never created to live in isolation, but you were created by God to be a part of community and a part of family and a part of others. Yeah. That's why we have connect groups, that we can intertwine our root systems with other people's lives. Yeah. We don't have to all be the same. Some trees' roots are, are, are intertwined with another tree that's completely different. That's why I can be in a connect group with you and we can be different, but it's okay to be different. But let our root systems intertwine with each other that we are a strength and a support for others. If we're not in unity, then trees get isolated. We've got to be in a, a churches need to be a rainforest that's in, in a spirit of unity. Because when we're in this unity, 
We're actually drawing the clouds of, of rain upon us, the fire of heaven, the rain of heaven, the wind of heaven. When we're in unity as one and we're intertwined in unity, we are actually in our very nature calling down the favor and the rain of heaven upon us as a group. But if you get isolated, you get hurt, it's like, I'm not going to go to church here. You're over here as a tree, soon enough you'll end up in a desert. You'll end up in a desert if you isolate yourself. And as a rainforest, if it becomes disunified, if it doesn't draw down the water from above, it slowly shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and we have a desert in its place. But it's, we're better together. It's how you grow. It's how you get stronger, being part of community, being part of unity. I'd like to live in a rainforest. I think it'd be pretty cool. I think a rainforest would, would be great. Where would you rather live? Where would you rather live, a desert or a rainforest? Desert, I'll give you the options. Dry, no food, no water, no shelter, can't get away from the sun. You can't last very long. Rainforest, fruit, water, shade, cooler. Rainforest sounds good. House on the, like a creek in a rainforest, maybe a bathroom that's all glass and just look out. And I think it'd be wonderful. Where would Jesus like to dwell? He'd like to dwell in the rainforest. You say, how would you know that? Well, in the beginning, he created a garden, the Garden of Eden. Didn't create the desert for man to live in with him. And so in the cool of the day, God would walk with man and woman in the garden. God dwells within the rainforest of the church. God dwells in the rainforest of the church. This is his garden. He wants you to be a part of the garden. The Bible says that God inhabits or lives in the praises of his people. The corporate worship is what it's talking about. That when we come together like this as a rainforest, God is in our midst. God's not in the desert where you've been isolating yourself. God is in the midst of his house, his church. The church of the living God is his vehicle to bring salvation to the earth. It's not individuals out on their own. Whether the church is perfect or not, it's not the point. He's chosen the church to be his vehicle of salvation and to portray his message. If there was no church, the gospel would never have got past the disciples. That's why Paul was so hungry about establishing the church and the New Testament church. Because the church where there's a corporate gathering of people is like the rainforest that by its sheer size and unity is drawing down waters from heaven and drawing clouds upon itself. You know, Jesus died, rose again for our sins because he has bought a flight ticket for you. So you can move from a desert to a rainforest. He paid the price for your flight from the desert to the rainforest. He paid the price for your removal costs so you can move from a desert to a rainforest because God doesn't want you to live in a desert today. He wants you to live in a rainforest, a, a place of community where his waters are and his wind are and the refreshment is and you can have your root system interconnected with other lives. Oh, that's been good. I'm going to ask the music people. I feel like this is too short, but I've done my time. Take a drink. If the music guys could come up as we start to conclude. And yes, I've talked about rainforests. Yes, I've talked about waterfalls. But these are analogies in the scriptures. The Bible talks about analogy. Jesus spoke in parables and analogies to, to kind of portray really deep spiritual things. At the end of the day... God wants people that are far from him 
to be near. Far from him to be near. Earth is far from heaven, but God sent his son that those that are far could be near. Those that are on the earth could be in heaven and have eternal life one day. You know, you are a water carrier. When you've drunk of his waters, you're now commissioned as a water carrier. And he wants those people out there to be near, to be in his rainforest. And can I encourage you to invite other people? Invite people to church. Invite people to Multicultural Fund Day. Invite people to connect groups. You know, his kingdom can't grow unless you as a water carrier, you speak, you share, you interact with other people's lives. We show love to people and, and, and we think about others at times over ourselves. We want others to enjoy the benefit of living in a rainforest. You don't know some of the people you work with or family members. They mightn't say it, but in their soul, they're in a desert. They're unsatisfied. They, they want more, but they don't know what they want. You know, you as a water carrier can bring freshness and life to them by just speaking and sharing and loving. You know, it's a new day. Refresh your pool. A pool out over here with no waterfall into it will go stagnant. Don't be a stagnant pool over here just doing life alone. But get into the rainforest where the water dwells, where the water is being drawn. Over here on your own in the desert, you're not drawing the water because you're on your own. It's, it's the corporate gathering of the trees of the rainforest that actually calls the water down by its sheer size and by its sheer unity. And by being in that place, your pond can get fresh water. Your pond can be re- rejuvenated. Your pond can have fish and 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 and. and creatures kind of coming to life and your, your whole insides can come to life again and you go, I never knew I, I got stuck in my rut over here being stale and, and being a pond that had nothing coming in it but I encourage you come to church each week pray in your house go to connect groups get yourself in the rainforest let the waterfall of God wash down on you call out to him again maybe you haven't been to church for a while you know, maybe you, this is a new thing for you, but I, I'm challenging you to get under the waterfall of heaven and talk to Him and pray and ask and desire and connect into His house that a new season would be a part of your life. It would be a new day for you. And those dreams and, and hopes and goals that you had within you can, can rejuvenate, can germinate, can seeds can come alive again. Those things that are dead can come alive. It's not by the seed strength. It's by the sun's strength. It's by the water strength of heaven just flowing down. Maybe there's areas of our life we need to let go of. We, we need to say the season's over. The day's over. Don't get caught in the moment anymore. Rip that thing off you, that coat, that jacket, and say, this is a new day for me. I'm doing things differently. I'm going to open my heart up again to the King of Kings. If we draw near to Him, the Bible says, He will draw near to you. You take one step, He takes another step. And if you draw the waters from Him, He will draw the waters from you into other people. He will draw them from you. You may not know what to say or what to do, but in the moment, the Bible says He'll give us the words to say. As we draw upon Him, He will draw that out of us. If we could stand today, we're going to pray some prayers. And I, I don't know how you got here. I don't know who invited you. Hopefully someone invited you. But I just want to pray a prayer over every person in this room. And I want you to be like that windmill. Open your heart right now. Just if we could close our eyes. If you're comfortable, just put your hands out. I want you to be like an open windmill. And let the wind of God move your propeller around. You don't have to do it. Just be open. The wind propels the propeller. Propeller doesn't propel itself. Heavenly Father, I just pray and thank you for every person, every tree, every, every human being in this room today. 
And I pray, Lord, and thank you that we can come together and together we're better, Father, that, that, that the water and wind of heaven can wash down over Encounter Church. The water and wind of God can wash down on every family and every person that's in this room today. That you would give us a new desire to seek you. You would help us ask you, Father. But as we take a step towards you in our prayer life and in our living of our life, that we would draw near to your house and draw near to your son. That you would do a new thing. That there be a new spirit, a new fire, a new urgency within us, Lord. That you would open up the heavens upon every life and every area of what we do in our relationships and our finances and, and in the satisfaction of our soul. God, I declare it's a new day. It's a new season that you have ordained for every individual in this life, Father, and in this church. And I pray that you do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherded.